I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. First of all, I have to say thank you so much for your patience because it is 2020 and I promised you the most amazing episodes this year. I did take a little break last year. It was actually three months and I am very grateful for you allowing me to have that bit of time out. I'd like to say that I spent some time with my horses, but I didn't get to spend as much time as I'd like to. But I did get some family time, which is what is important. So for 2020, we've got some awesome guests lined up very very educational and we're going to start with a a very good friend of mine this is horse hour Laura Cutter owns a company called the Equestrian Sponsorship Hub and she has years of marketing and sponsorship experience Laura how are you I'm very well thank you Amy happy new year to you oh thank you I know I can't believe it's come around so quickly have you uh, managed to get in some horsey time yet a little bit, but the weather's been uh, putting me and everybody else off, as you can imagine. I know, it's been brutal, hasn't it? And I feel so guilty every time I see the rain and I see them in their rugs and I just think, oh gosh, I, I actually would quite like to have them in my house, as crazy as that sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you Not- mean. I'm not sure my husband would like that too much. I think he'd say that it's a bit far, Amy. I can deal with them being outside, but not deal with them being in the house. But um, when it when when it comes to New Year, we uh, oh, I don't know about you, but um, you know we're talking about New Year's resolutions and things that we want to do with our horses. And one thing that we do struggle with, or what I definitely did over the years, is trying to find sponsorship and trying to keep sponsorship, both from a rider's perspective and then from a business perspective, how you would find a sponsored rider so I was hoping that you could help us with that today yeah I certainly can sponsorship is just such a an important part of the equestrian industry Um, I believe it's what helps the equestrian industry evolve and what keeps it moving around Um, for brands I think it can be a hugely beneficial marketing tool Um, for riders I believe it's about sponsorship is about supporting the brands while they support you Um, it's giving back to the equestrian industry I think what's great is um, it used to be 10 years ago that only the top top end riders would be able to secure sponsorship and we'd see all these brands working with them you know some of the best in the world we still get that today but what I love is how brands are really supporting grassroots riders as well um And I guess the question is, not only how do grassroots riders secure that sponsorship, but there's a lot of lack of confidence of why would they sponsor me? Um, And also what can a, you know, a a brand get out of sponsoring a grassroots rider other than 
I think it's great to be able to help somebody on their journey to success. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a growing area for a brand sponsoring um, the grassroots rider and perhaps bringing them on board as a brand ambassador is probably one of the most valuable sponsorship tools that you can have. As you said, in the past, sponsorship was solely for the professional rider because they have a high profile, they're out there competing on the international stage. And for the grassroots rider, perhaps they don't have the same coverage. But with the rise of social media now, that I think that the brand ambassador and influencer is really valuable for any brand. I guess it's finding the right influencer though, isn't it? Because being quite brutal so many people think that they are influencers right now and yes. might ne- <laughs> and they might not necessarily have the, it's not all about the following it's also I feel I could be wrong I don't know you might be able to help me here but um it's how they portray themselves as well you know not being nice people wanting to educate almost wanting to mentor and support I feel those kinds of people become influencers and bigger influencers because they, they're, they're giving back themselves. Um, whilst maybe the confusion lies with people where it's just, oh, follow my story, follow me, follow me, follow me. That's not, is, I don't know, is that an influencer? I'm, I feel a bit old for this, Laura, to be honest. <laughs> I think the influencer is just is building an audience, connecting with their audience having useful content they're promoting useful content on a regular daily basis Um, but it's about having engagement with that audience as well then they're valuable to a brand as an influencer but it's all about the engagement rate of how other people when they're following that influencer connects with them so say it's how many times they like a page or um, they like a post or maybe they comment on it that kind of engagement yeah very much so it's it's the rule is often sort of if they're helping a brand promote products it would be sort of 20% product promotion and 80% other content so it's got to be useful they can't be seen to be um, just shouting about and promoting brands and products it's just got to be useful information and to their target audience is there a particular age that you're seeing of these influencers or is it across the board i think you so probably <laughs> hit on something there there certainly does seem to be um, a growth and an influx of young horse owners young riders sort of creating pages i think nowadays you can split up sponsorship for riders into three categories you have your um, professional rider who may get some financial incentives and contributions from a brand you've got your brand ambassadors the next level down who perhaps would just have free product in return for product endorsements and testimonials Um, And then you have your influencer who would purely just be social media influencers. And actually for a brand these days, I'm recommending that brands have a representation in all of these areas because they're all very valuable. I think when I'm I'm thinking of I'm looking at these influencers and I and I 
It must be so hard for a brand, from a brand's point of view, to select one, to know which one's the right one. Um, quite often you can buy followers now, um, which I think doesn't help because you don't have the engagement. So that's not going to support a brand. So how, how can you help brands find the right kind of person to sponsor in the first place? I think it all comes from how the um, rider actually approaches the, uh, the brand um, a direct message on Instagram, just a generic direct message is not going to cut. And I work with a lot of brands um, and they're getting inundated at the moment. They're having uh, requests for sponsorship um, uh, or brand ambassador programs every day. Um, and it's got to be personal. You've got to do your research You've got to know the company. You've got to use the products. Um, and it's built up over time. Um, often it's better to have contacts. And I would say uh, email, send emails. That's how people want to, uh, brands would want to be contacted. And put a proposal together and really think about that proposal and what you've got to offer and what makes you different from any other rider, influencer, brand ambassador out there. And every single one of you is unique and you've all got unique offerings. It's just about thinking about it and being creative and spending the time sort of planning that um, and to put a good proposal together and an individual proposal. Don't just send the same proposal to every single company because they see that. Um, and we see that an awful lot, even in emails. They've actually copied in the addresses for everybody else that they've approached. Um, oh, no. So I would just say make it um, personal and individual and authentic. Mm. I've seen that some people are already, like you mentioned earlier, using the products. So they're using, maybe using a particular brand um, and then they're hashtagging them, they're tagging them in things, they're, they're including them in their marketing already. So anytime that, they, that the rider will post something, they might have bought the product, but they're already including them. And then brands actually notice that because if anybody tags Horse Hour, I see it. I know that they've tagged me and, and I know the users yeah. or, or our lovely listeners that, that listen more and interact more and so from a brand's perspective surely they're going to be more inclined to follow or support and sponsor that one rider who's invested in them as a brand as well it's more of a collaborative relationship yeah I think there's that's exactly the point Amy um, I think that's about doing your homework being connected to the brand and set the scene why not you know promote the the brand and yourself on social media as if you were a brand ambassador tag them in and like you said it is seen it is noticed and it's seen and it's authentic and it's genuine um and for a brand that's exactly the type of rider that you would want to work with if they're out and about on events i recommend go up and introduce yourself it's far better to you know put a face to the name uh is more memorable and easier to build a relationship a lot is done on, over social media these days, isn't it? In fact, most of our lives are now living off social media. I'm surprised we have time to actually ride our horses. 
<laughs> you know, it's all it's all yes. remote. It's all online. Um, I, I think if we could virtually ride our horses, we probably would. Um, but but yeah. But back in the day, um, we used to have brand scouts that would go out like model scouts, you know, and look for people to they'd follow their journey, look to people that, that maybe they could sponsor. Do you still get that now? Do people still go out scouting for ambassadors or is it all based on, on their social media and what they're doing online? No, I th- think not at all. Um, actually, I think this is where sponsorship, the true connection can be made. So from experience, I've seen it in the past, from personal experience, where a brand is sponsoring perhaps um, a class, a show, an event, titled championship series or something like that, where uh, you're connecting to all the competitors and any of the riders who are winning or are placed but make sure as a brand that you're using those connections to build relationships with those riders they're the ones who are out there competing and winning and being placed and I think that would be an ideal way to scout uh, your next rider and build a relationship with them and then you know bring them on board as a potential sponsor or brand ambassador doesn't all have to be over social media no 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 absolutely uh, so talking about their network um in in the human world i feel like i have to say in reality because so much of our lives are on online now i've heard of these affiliate programs so is that something that a brand could take on board through their ambassador so, for example, the ambassador, uh, if they share the products and maybe make some sales, then they could take a percentage of that. Is, is this going on in the equestrian world at the moment? Yeah, very much so. The, the affiliate programs are um, growing daily um, and that could just be from links from their websites to yours so you can um monitor where the um, purchaser is coming from and then they get a sort of kickback or a you know percentage of uh, the sale uh, yeah that's uh, that's certainly growing and I would say that's more influencer marketing so if we could quickly summarize for riders then where we're up to now if they were looking for sponsorship the key things that they need to implement or to be thinking of throughout their sponsorship program a rider then my advice would be to really have a clear idea of what you can offer a brand step one step two is do your homework be personal be individual send proposals off to brands and start building relationship early on if you want to be sponsored by them remembering brands get a huge amount of requests for sponsoring and just anything that you can do to set yourself apart from the rest to make yourself individual with who you are and what you can offer uh, would be beneficial. And then three is about maintaining that relationship, um, really working hard. It's not enough just to have the product given to you, which is often the case, do a few posts on it and then leave it. That's it. And basically um, that's one of the reasons why I set up the uh, business that I'm doing now is to sort of bridge that gap between the sponsor and the sponsee Um, whose responsibility is it to keep that relationship going I think the brands think it's the riders responsibility I think the riders think it's the brand's responsibility so it's all about communication and keeping that relationship 
moving forward. In terms of the communication side then, are there particular things that the brand would expect to see the rider do? It it needs to be set out from the start. You need to have a clear plan of what the sponsor expects from you and what you can deliver and then keep monitoring that and make sure you are delivering. Expectations need to be set out clearly. And I would say for any brand ambassador or sponsored rider program, you need to have terms and conditions and a contract in place. What happens if perhaps you don't deliver on your promises or your obligations or what happens perhaps if there's misbehavior, the, the brand needs to cover themselves as well um, and look at ways of perhaps terminating the agreement, unfortunately. But it does happen and we've seen it happen. Yeah, both brand and rider have um, a duty of care to themselves and each other. They need to protect themselves. And um, I think I think the clause is uh, you're not allowed to bring the brand into disrepute. So, for example, oh, gosh, back in my radio days, I used to run a street crew and they had the, the radio station jackets on them. And um, this is when people used to smoke. And I remember someone smoking in the brand, radio brand jacket in the middle of the public place. And I said, you can't do that. They, they, they had a serious warning. They did it again, third time. And that was it. They, they sadly couldn't work for the company anymore because they were bringing the brand into disrepute. Listeners were phoning up and saying, you know, this, this uh, girl is uh, smoking in a jacket it's not a good advert it's there well they weren't called influencers then but there were people that you know the kids looked up to therefore they've got to be setting a good example and so that's what the brand ambassadors need to do they need to be setting a good example for the brand oh absolutely they do i mean it, it the terminology could be um bad practice or negative behavior but even the consideration needs to be for if there's perhaps a run of poor performance or there's an injury and what you expected of your rider perhaps um, isn't going to happen because of it. So that just reinforces the need for, um, you know, a formal contract it doesn't have to be lengthy pages, but it does have to be a formal contract um, from the outset to understand where both parties stand. I think that's quite a good thing, though. For some reason, our industry are a little bit afraid of the professional side of things and having contracts because we're notorious for doing things on a handshake. Um, And now we've got to protect ourselves a little more. And actually, I think contracts are more expected now for both parties. Yeah, absolutely. I think it should. As a rider, just understanding your commitments in advance is vital. And this could be something as little as you're going to do three posts a day on Facebook and four posts on Twitter and two Instagram stories and a takeover of the brand, you know, a takeover of the brand Insta, maybe. Um, Would it be something like that that, that's laid down in writing just so that both people understand what their expectations are? Yeah, I think it's exactly that. But I would stress that... um, the content or what you're providing does need to uh, represent the value of what you're being given. So often it's not financial, it, it is products and yes, perhaps some value needs to be put on that. We forget sometimes that the, the products, they're worth a lot of money um, and it's easier to say, oh, well, I'm getting it for free, therefore it doesn't cost them anything, but it costs the brand something. So that, you know, £50 pound bottle of horse shampoo I don't know I never buy horse shampoo so (laughs) 
maybe I'm my price bracket and you can might spend be out 50 for this on one. It. <laughs> yeah, I know. Actually, <laughs> clearly, I don't have a clue about shampoo. <laughs> so your your I don't know fifteen pounds um, bottle of shampoo is worth fifteen pounds. So you know you'd be that's an hourly wage. So therefore, that's an hour's worth of work that you should be doing for somebody for that. I think it's it's bringing it's certainly it back got into... to reflect the value of the product. Definitely, it does. But I think free if you're looking at it, um, as free product. It just means that you're not spending that money that you perhaps would on the product. Um, and I think it should be um, products that you would normally buy and not just using them because they're given, because I think everyone can spot a, a fake and it's quite hard to uh, be authentic to promote a, uh, a product like that. But the money that you're saving on not buying that product then frees up your cash to go and spend it on training or competing or an equestrian membership. And to me, that's what keeps the equestrian industry moving round, just evolving. Um, it's one big circle, isn't it? And then the brands mm. and the equestrian industry um, all benefit. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So for, um, for, for brands then... Um, would you say that the sponsorship is the only way forward or should they do other forms of marketing as well? I think sponsorship for a brand should certainly be included in your marketing mix. I mean, especially these days when small brands tend to rely very, very heavily on social media, put all their efforts into social media. And we need to remember that we don't own that contract, uh, that content. And if, Facebook or Instagram crashed like they did very recently you know where are you then um, with sponsorship you can just get right in front of your audience you can target it you can um, monitor it and really see the results of your work um, but I don't think you, you you don't have to sort of heavily involve in sponsorship although if you look at sort of the big equestrian brands and see what they all have in common is they do invest in equestrian sponsorship and and that's why you know them because they get their name out there and they're connected to the 
equestrian industry. But you can start small. You can start small by um, sponsoring an event or um, a, a small local show or even just one class and providing sort of prizes for that one class um, or with uh, riders. But I think with any sponsorship at any level you really need to set your objectives out first um often you see people sponsor just because someone's approached them and given them a good deal or a last minute opportunity and really you've got to think well why am i sponsoring here do i just want to uh, increase the brand awareness raise the brand profile do i want to uh collect uh email addresses data capture or do I want to just get in front of an audience that I'm not already at? So perhaps that's per discipline, show jumping or dressage or showing. Um, but uh, again, if you are investing in sponsorship at whatever level, just take the time, sit back, review it regularly. Am I getting what out of it what I intended to have a purpose, have a meaning behind it? So if a brand was to come to you, Laura, let's say I, I was going to come to you as a, a, as horse hour. Um, what yep. would you be saying to me? Uh, what are my options? Where should I where should I sponsor? I automatically think, well, sponsorship should just be uh, a person it, it is a person. But you've just mentioned their events as well. So what other forms of sponsorship are there? Oh, sponsorship could be awards. It could be um uh, a, a column, a page, a section, um, an area in um, a magazine or an online magazine. Yeah, shows, events, classes. Um, yeah, lots, lots of different areas to sponsor. You've just got to sort of be creative and think, um, yeah, outside the box. But with it sort of offers multiple opportunities to grow your brand profile and educate a new audience if you're a small company it can sort of elevate your company's reputation by showing that you're committed to investing in equestrian sport and the equestrian industry um, it can be used to even just reward your staff or um, your customers with hospitality um, it just places you directly in front of your target audience in a different way than other marketing means because it sounds like it's a little bit of everything really it's a little bit of pr it's a little bit of adverts it's a little bit of the social influences it kind of incorporates everyone doesn't it i think it does it's spreading your risk but look at the brands that you associate with sponsorship um some of the big brands where i mean in particular blue chip perhaps where actually now people say oh i've qualified for the blue chip championships or i I know but laura do you know what i still don't know what they do so i know their name (laughs) but i I still don't know what like who are they (laughs) Uh, well they're horse feed supplements that's who blue chip are oh okay thanks Uh, and actually so all right so maybe clearly define your objectives if you're blue chip (laughs) are you looking just to get your name out in front of your audience or do you need to be managing your sponsorship so you actually people understand and connect with your brand and understand um yeah who you are and what you do but how powerful is that that people do sort of you know sell their horses with a blue chip qualifier 
Um, so that mm. to me is where sponsorship works really well, although you've just said you didn't know <laughs> who, they, who they were or, what, or you knew who they were, but not what they do. But actually, mm. more importantly, every, if you are committing to sponsorship, you do need to look at all of these different aspects and make sure you sort of leverage every opportunity to connect with every level of your audience and that's competitors or spectators or grooms or owners um uh, you know the opportunities are, are, are endless but that's quite a classic point though isn't it then actually i've, I've never yes. really thought about it like that <laughs> that you know it's great to get your name out there um but then there's almost there's so many stages of, of sponsorship and marketing and 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 people actually understanding your brand so really maybe blue chip it's great that they're you know sponsoring all these events but they but they need to be following up with that because when i when i think of a of a greatly marketed campaign or i i think okay if i was thinking of an issue or a problem that i have with the horses then who would be the first people that i go to so for me um if it uh, as a, a small business owner if i had a problem with a bit and i needed to know what bit to go for i'd go for matt waterworth uh, the bit expert because he's the first person apart from he's been on the podcast but he's the per- first person that i think of googling is an expert on bits so he is exactly what he says on the tin um if i was to think of a car i'd think of well then that's really too big land rover everybody thinks a land rover a jeep they do a lot of sponsorship but they also have a lot of tv adverts out there a lot of uh, um pictures with their brand ambassadors for example william fox pitt is a brand ambassador of jeep um with the jeeps with the vehicles so it, it couldn't be any more simple than that well i think william fox pitt and jeep is a prime example as well um perhaps you have got greater brand awareness of um jeep because of william he does a fantastic job promoting the uh, the brand and is a you know a very valuable sponsored rider to them um but in marketing and it does change but there if there's seven touches touch points before you make a purchase perhaps sponsorship um is one of those so you, you know you're familiar you know the name you might not know what they do but you recognize them you've seen them around and if you see them somewhere else and then somewhere else again or somebody talks about them you know that's building your confidence in that brand absolutely i guess going back to blue chip even even if i'm not sure what they did i still if i saw the brand i'd recognize it so i i've i've already got brand trust i've got the brand awareness Yeah, and you automatically think if something's big, you're going to trust it. I think that's why it's so difficult to pick products because there are so many big brands now. We're like, oh, who do we trust? Because they all, you know, they're all really big. Well, and I think actually that's what um, sponsorship can do for a brand. It can set you apart from your competitors. Um, So if you're out and about on event or being seen to be sponsoring, um, you know, something show a series an event in the equestrian industry where it's a niche industry and it's a um, a small audience really so it actually is quite easy to target and quite easy to influence and I think that is the power of equestrian sponsorship the other key thing that I'm, I seem to be getting from you today, Laura, is that you don't really just want to sponsor one thing. Um, it's almost like it needs to be repetitive uh, for people to see your name again and again to then to then know who you are. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think it does build confidence in a brand to see them investing in a question sponsorship. Um, but I think it depends what product you have as well. So perhaps I know some of the big brands will do, um, will spread their sponsorship budget so that they have representations in dressage and show jumping and showing and eventing. Um, so there, perhaps you are spreading the risk, but also I would say build a sponsorship portfolio. Just look at it, plan your objectives, think what you want to get out of it, um, and then just build a sponsorship portfolio dependent on your budget. And it doesn't have to be uh, a huge budget at all. You can start small. And as long as you're creative, um, you can get an awful lot back from it. Um, so just look at all the opportunities that are available to you, whether that's um, adding vouchers in rider packs or goodie bags for everybody who comes on event. Um, there's lots of opportunities out there and they don't all have to cost a huge amount of money. Oh, that's great to hear because most of us have no money, Laura. We're all, we've all got horses. We're, we're, try, we're trying to pump money into an industry where we're eating beans on toast for breakfast because our horses are so pampered. <laughs> so actually, I think what we find is that there's very little money left for what is so important, which is marketing yourself. Because ultimately, if you don't cut through and you don't market, then people don't know who you are and you're not going to be pumping that money back into, you know, in through your till. So ideally, you know, if there's, we're not all big brands that have you know thousands tens of thousands of pounds to be able to spend on marketing but we need to start somewhere definitely and be creative and it's just about creating memorable experiences for your audience that's simply put that's all that sponsorship is so rather than just put a name to something you want them to walk away and remember you for good reasons but make it a memorable experience and in marketing now you're probably hearing it uh, in all industries it's all about creating experiences it is I'm hearing that a lot this is why I'd be rubbish having a product that I can sell you know someone that's something that's tangible because I just give it away for free all the time I'd say oh she's a really sweet rider she's seven years old she's trying so hard here you go have the shampoo <laughs> don't pay for it it's okay <laughs> I'd be useless I think there's a lot of brands who do do that <laughs> <laughs> but experience is you're right you know what we do our whole industry is one huge experience and and but but oh my gosh Laura I could talk to you for hours about different forms of marketing and how to be creative and I, I actually think maybe later on in the year if you could come back and we could give some some more marketing advice that would be amazing but for now could you just give us your top tips then for brands because we've talked about quite a lot if you are looking this year into getting new uh, new ambassadors or doing some kind of sponsorship or you, you'd really like to do something uh, but you're not sure what to do what would your advice be Okay, so my advice for brands looking at perhaps um, um, dipping a toe in sponsorship this year or starting out in sponsorship, basically just firstly understand your customer profile, who they are, where they go, what they do. Uh, then you can look at where you perhaps uh, the best places to sponsor and spread the risk. Depending on your product, consider splitting your sponsorship budget between disciplines dressage showing polo eventing endurance show jumping wherever and then just research the opportunities in those areas um 
don't be afraid to start small. Sponsorship can start by sponsoring single class at a competition or offering your products as prizes or by offering free product to a rider or brand ambassador in return for a product testimonial. Um, or it's simply by having an arena display board at a show a venue to increase brand awareness. Um, then I'd just say define your objectives and this could be building brand awareness, creating brand association, perhaps increasing sales or just growing your market share. But then look at each opportunity individually to see how they might match those objectives. Communicate the key to any successful sponsorship relation is good communication. Uh, make your requests clear from the outset and be really open about your objectives and what you would expect to achieve any sponsorship opportunity. Um, another really important factor is just understand your resources before you commit. Do you have the personnel? Do you have the budget to support all the sponsorship opportunities available to you? And then be prepared to commit for the long term if you can. Uh, this would relate to anything because it builds over time. You need to build the credibility, build your audience. Um, most championship sponsorships offer a three-year package for a reason. Um, and then finally, I'd probably say just sit back and take the time to review, assess your sponsorship portfolio regularly just to measure the real value of your efforts and then just be prepared to make adjustments where necessary to ensure that you're getting a good return on your investment. Laura, thank you so much. I feel like we've got a we've got you've got a lot of experience shared with us there. One thing that I did want to ask: uh, Are there any particular tools that we could use? Um, I, I, I've used Mailchimp a lot because that's free. So you know, for newsletters, uh, uh, when riders have asked me before, you know, how can they keep their sponsors happy by giving them lots of updates? Mailchimp is super easy and it's free. Don't need to pay anything, and you can just put put in the email addresses, and um, and, and it's all very. It's, you don't even have to be high tech to be able to use that. But is there anything else that you would suggest? Yeah, Mailchimp um, is key. Um, we haven't touched on websites, and I think it depends on the level of rider and whether you need and want to invest in a website. But you know, work, you can create a very quick, simple WordPress website pretty easily um, and then link your MailChimp and all your social channels to that. Another great tool is Canva, C-A-N-V-A, um, so which will help you design any proposals or social media uh, images or absolutely everything. It's a fantastic creative design tool, Canva, and it's free. See, there are lots of free things out there that we can utilise. Just got to get searching. The apps as well. Quite a lot of apps are on your phone. So, um, you know, if you want to... I, 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 you know, I'm 35, Laura, and I feel like I'm teaching our listeners how to do things that they already know about because everybody is so young and techy. It's almost like they're going to be listening to this going, uh, Amy, I already know that app. You know, that's been around for ages. <laughs> Yeah, They're I think it would be useful telling... for your audience to share all of those, which is their the best ones. And like you say, a lot of them are free, aren't they? And if they're all used on your on your phone, MailChimp, Canva, um, they can all be used on your telephone. 
That's such a great idea. Right, if you're listening, please share with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, your best apps that you use. Don't forget to use hashtag Horse Hour or tag us in any of the, on any of the platforms at Horse Hour. And um, yeah, we can select, select and try some new ones. Um, you know, 10 o'clock at night, I normally do my kind of image creation, lying in bed on an app, trying to think of nice, fun things to put on a picture. So uh, yeah, do share with us. Laura, thank you so much for your time today. It's been lovely catching up with you. Oh, you're welcome. Stay in touch and um, and we'll speak again soon with some more advice. Thanks very much. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. For all previous episodes of the Horse Hour podcast, just head to our website, horsehour.co.uk. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just use the normal hashtag, hashtag Horse Hour or at Horse Hour. I hope you've been having fun with your horse. Do keep sharing pictures of your journeys and your stories and your videos of what you've been up to at Horse Hour. I'm at Amy Stevenson one on Twitter and um, oh gosh, Amy Frost photos on Instagram and you can get me on Facebook as well. So um, just use hashtag Horse Hour. And what have you been up to if you don't have foals? Have you managed to get out and get some riding time in? Have you been on any hacks? There's lots of people that are doing some hacks for charity at the moment. So massive hats off to you. Do let us know what charities you're raising money for too. Because if we can help be involved in that and we can all maybe donate each donate a pound to everybody who's doing a hackathon maybe if you're doing a hackathon you could donate to somebody else's a pound and and you know vice versa we can keep paying this forward if we all support each other we can raise more money and enjoy some more time in the saddle i hope you have a really great week with your horse thank you so much for listening to me ramble on on the horse hour podcast i'll speak to you soon Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.